welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not the same as personalized therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or to submit a poem for me to read on the podcast, email me at homecomingpodcast at gmail.com. Also, to build our community, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. Welcome home, co-journers. I'm glad you're here for another episode, and I'm grateful we have two poems to share on today. So I'm going to share excerpts from both pieces. The first is A Psalm of Wholeness by Kayla. My black broken body lays in the darkest hour before dawn, paralyzed by fear. It would be easier to come to you now because the daybreak shatters my soul and bounds my feet. The new day gives sunshine without hope. The new day provides trees without fruit. The new day speaks words but no comfort. The new day gives silence but no peace. The new day reminds me of my body, broken and black. God, the creator of life, deliver me from my taunting thoughts and heavy heart. Reveal to me the secrets of your peace and the darkness of my womb place, a seed of grace. Heal my brokenness and restore my spirit. In the midst of my labor pains, you comfort my heart and wipe the tears of my eyes with your faithfulness. My soul rejoices because you have made me whole. Oh, thank you so much, Kayla, for that beautiful psalm, that prayer for wholeness and the ending declaration that I have been made whole. And the second piece comes from Belen Nahawet. And this piece is entitled, To the Girl Lying Awake Yet Again at 4 a.m. And like Kayla's piece, I'll read a part of it. I don't know how to keep things alive, you say, when asked why you're lonely. Although the truth is that you love like it's a house and move in with all your longings. Perhaps you could try visiting instead and haul only your attention along. Hold it close if possible. Practice being more wise than willing, more human than hoping, more known than needed, more free than favored, more person than pawn. Yes. Oh my goodness, Belen. Thank you so much for that piece. And your friend Axum Araya sent us your poem. So thank you so much to both the poet and the friend for this week's poem submissions. So both of these pieces, when we talk about brokenness and the journey to wholeness, and as we also talk about loneliness and giving so much of ourselves away 
and really becoming a pawn instead of really resting in our personhood, both of those together really set the stage for our discussion on today. And today's topic is releasing someone who does not love you. Releasing someone who does not love you. And I recognize that this can be very challenging and at different points in our lives, we may each have that experience of loving someone who does not love you or loving someone to an extent or to a level uh, that is not reciprocated. And so really having to get to a place of release and letting go. And so even as I bring up those constructs of release and let go, I invite you to tune into your breath because often when we think about being unloved or unloved by the person that we would desire to be loved from or by, that can create a lot of tension physically, emotionally, spiritually, And so you may have been holding yourself very rigidly in denial, holding yourself very rigidly in hope, holding yourself very tightly, trying to block out the disappointment. But we have said that homecoming is telling ourselves the truth and then living based on that truth. So if the truth is that this person does not love you or does not love you well or does not love you the way you desire to be loved, the way you deserve to be loved, then we really want to think about letting go. And that letting go can be a grieving process of grieving what you hoped for, grieving what you imagined, grieving what you desired, grieving what you wanted, and really coming to that radical truth-telling of accepting what is. And as you accept what is, we recognize that it is not really about releasing the person, because if the person doesn't love you, they already are not with you. So it actually is less about releasing someone who is not there, but accepting the truth that they are not there emotionally, right? That they are not giving what you desire emotionally. And so instead of thinking, how will I let them go? Instead, I need to tell myself the truth that they are already not present. And I know that can be painful to hear, And there may be, as I said, uh, grief and pain involved, but truth-telling is our path to liberation. And so I wonder if you can give yourself space and room and permission to acknowledge those persons or that person who you have loved and the love is not reciprocated. I wonder if on today you can tell yourself that truth, right? That they do not care about me in the ways in which I care about them. 
that uh, they do not love me in the way that I love them. And so I accept that truth. And so it is admitting, accepting, acknowledging the reality of what you have experienced, what you have witnessed, what you have heard. And so instead of looking for all of the scraps of evidence, uh, people call that breadcrumbing, right? When people give you just a little bit enough to keep you holding on. And instead, if you can step back and look at the whole picture, and that may be based on what they have told you, it may be based on how they have treated you, but the truth is, this is not love, and you know it, and so we breathe and accept the truth. We breathe, mm -hmm, and we tell ourselves the truth that the love is not reciprocated, that the love is not mutual, and the pathway to your healing and liberation is that you are committed to not deceiving yourself. You are committed to not tricking yourself. You are committed to not living a life based on delusion or illusion, but you are courageous enough to see things as they are. So we accept the truth that this person uh, or these persons do not love you, and that is true. And the second piece of that is to tell yourself the truth about the way you feel about them, right? And so uh, sometimes if someone doesn't love you, you will try to convince yourself that you didn't care anyway, right? Or that you uh, don't love them either. And that may not be true. So I wonder if in this moment, even as you acknowledge what you know about their feelings for you, if you can also give yourself the gift of honesty to say, even though it has not been reciprocated, even though it is not mutual, I am aware that these are my feelings for this other person, right? Because I cannot heal, I cannot cope, I cannot process when I am functioning in self-deception, Right. So it doesn't matter what you have told your friends, what you have said to your family, what you have said to this person. What is the truth about how you feel in this moment? So you tell yourself the truth about your feelings. And then it is the emotional intelligence of recognizing that your feelings alone are not sufficient for a relationship for a uh, connection, whether you, you may, some of you may be thinking about this for a family member or for a friend, some of you are thinking about it romantically. And so whoever the person is, that uh, if it is one-sided, uh, it is not going to work. It is not going to flourish. And so I recognize that my feelings alone for this person whether romantic, platonic, or family member, uh, that I don't get to dictate 
what other people feel for me. Right. And so uh, even though I would like it to be a certain, let's say, mother daughter relationship, or I would like us to be function this way as siblings, or I would like this relationship to be uh, an intimate relationship, or I would like this person to be my best friend. The truth is that the ways in which they have responded to me, spoken to me, spoken about me, lets me know that uh, it does not match my vision or my hope, right? So first, I acknowledge the truth of their feelings or lack of feelings for me. I acknowledge the truth about what I feel or felt, what I desired, what I wanted. And then I have that uh, gift of being able to recognize that my feelings alone are insufficient when we talk about a relationship, a friendship, a connection, family ties, that I cannot carry that by myself. Yes. And so no matter, sometimes people think if they love someone enough, they can convince the person to love them back. And I want you to know that uh, love does not include convincing, right? Now, this is different from uh, some of you who are listening. You may have harmed another person or harmed the relationship. So then there is some accountability there. And so you're having to be accountable, perhaps for some consequences of your behavior. But if it is not about that, like accountability for misdeeds of the past, but just about who you are as a person, uh, that there is not convincing uh, in love, right? There is not uh, needing to make someone else see that you are worthy of their care, right? As their relative, as their friend, as their intimate partner, uh, that love shows up with open hands and open hearts and uh, the eyes that see you, right? And so you release the false belief that it is your job to convince someone that you are worthy of love, that you are worthy of care, right? And so we, we destroy that script and some of you receive that script as children, that you have uh, an attachment style that is very much rooted in anxiety uh, and insecurity. And perhaps all your life have felt like you had to prove and to convince. But in this season of your life, in your homecoming season, uh, you are reminding yourself that I am already enough and what aligns with me will mutually choose me, will mutually love me, and that will not require me contorting myself, right? It will not require me erasing myself. And the next thing we want to uh, recognize, which is important, is uh, cutting off our um, contact uh, with people who are unloving, right? So that is about if 
if fundamentally this person does not care about you, right? This person uh, does not really respect you. This person does not actually love you. Then it is going to be important for you to take space uh, because sometimes people will try to convince themselves that it's okay or I don't mind or I can just adjust when the reality is uh, your heart is continuing to break, right? And so uh, to stop uh, needing that constant um, attention and setting an intention to not occupy your thoughts or life or time with monitoring them. And so you no longer need to monitor their social media uh, you no longer need to uh, keep uh, kind of desperately reaching out uh, that you really need to take space and time for your own healing and wellness. And it is very hard to heal in the presence of someone who does not care, does not respect, does not love you, right? Because then in order for you to accommodate that, it will require for you to diminish yourself, to dishonor yourself. And so if uh, in their presence or by their interaction, I feel dishonored, then that is working against my homecoming. It's working against my homecoming. And so I give myself the space and the permission uh, to pull back my energy to pull back my focus, to protect my time, to protect my peace. Yes. It will also help in terms of accountability um, if you can share where you are in this process with someone else. Because the reality is sometimes we know what we need to do uh, in terms of really acknowledging the truth and taking space uh, but we are not um, disciplined. Uh, we are not rooted enough in our own awareness and love to be able to hold the boundary. And so it can help when you have a friend, a family member, a therapist who you can share. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I observed. And this is what I want to do to honor myself. Right. And so even though sometimes it may be difficult, it may be challenging, uh, this person can serve as a reminder for you uh, just in terms of reinforcing uh, your own decision making. So they're not deciding for you, but you're sharing with them uh, in your moments of strength what it is you desire to do uh, to honor yourself so that in the moments of struggle, they are someone you can reach out to uh, to really have uh, that sense of a mirror, a reflection, a reminder of the truth that you are worthy, that you are worthy of care, that you are worthy of respect, that you are worthy of love. And so as we occupy the truth of that, then we can begin to go into the next step, which is really being intentional about showering ourselves with care and with love. 
showering ourselves uh, instead of immediately thinking, oh, I need to distract myself with another person, right? So this person doesn't want to be my friend. Now the next person I meet is immediately my best friend and I am consuming my life with them. Or uh, this uh, parenting or sibling relationship is not what I wanted. And so now the very next person I meet, I am, you know, flooding them, love bombing them. I'm needing them to take the place uh, of the family member who didn't show up for me. So instead of just shifting uh, all of that energy and need into a new person for us to really take time to experience our nourishing, our care, our love for ourselves, right? The love that you were so ready and willing to pour into another. Can we pour that inwardly? Can you start to attend to your needs? Can you start to attend to your voice? Can you start to cultivate joy in your life? Right. So a part of it is, yes, the grieving and the disappointment, but then also how do I bring joy in my life that is not dependent on this person um, starting to love me or care for me or respect me? Right. But where is my joy pathway outside of this person? And so I invite you to consider What are the ways that you can give yourself rest? What are the ways you can give yourself joy? What are the ways you can give yourselves delight? What are the ways you can give yourself fun? Can you take yourself out on a date night? What would you like to do this week? What would you like to do? What would you enjoy? And yes, I am smiling at you because I hope as a part of your homecoming, You learn to create joyful moments, joyful experiences for yourself and with yourself. Homecoming is not just about releasing, but it's also receiving. And to receive doesn't mean I just have to wait for someone else to give me joy. But what are the ways that I am going to be empowered to bring joy into my week? What are the ways in which I can be mindful and intentional about expressing my love for myself? So finally, I would say it's important to consider uh, what did I gain from this experience? What do I know now? Because uh, wisdom is a gift And while you would hope the same situation doesn't happen in the future, uh, something similar could show up. And so uh, what did I learn about what love feels like and what lack of love feels like, right? What did I discover in my self-reflection about what is at the root of my willingness to attempt to convince people to love me who don't. What is at the root of that that is in need of my attention and in need of my healing? What did I learn about my friendships 
of who I felt comfortable sharing this piece of vulnerability and disappointment with, uh, or who I felt I could not trust with these tender parts of my heart. And what does that say about these friendships, right? And what did I discover or what did I realize about my own capacity to release and to accept truth, even when it's painful? Is there progress there, right? Do I see growth in myself? And what are the ways in which I continue to need growth in those areas? And when, what did I discover uh, makes me more vulnerable to lying to myself and what empowers me to stand in truth, to recognize and accept the truth, even when it is not the truth that I wanted. Yes. So with a cleansing breath, as you remember the fact that you are lovable and worthy of care and respect, I invite your soul to tell your heart, mind, body, and spirit, welcome home.